Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. This episode is a very important one. Basic safety for solos. I was asked this recently by a new friend, Cheyenne Jones, who's a operations manager for a cleaning company out of Gainesville, Florida. She told me that she was switching from two-man or two-lady teams to solo teams. And what that means is it's not really a team. It's one person cleaning like we do as solo cleaners, although they're operating as a large-scaled company. So maybe there's 10 employees. That means there's 10 solo cleaners in one company. And Cheyenne asked me a great question. She said this, Our company hires mostly college-age females. What is a good strategy to use to keep these young ladies safe in homes? They're used to working in teams of two, and now if I send them alone into a house, how do we protect them? It was such an awesome question, and it's one that I have not ever addressed on this podcast. And here's what I told Cheyenne. Cheyenne, I do have an answer I think can be effective, but let me be honest, completely honest. I've been cleaning solo for 15 years, and I'm a guy. It doesn't cross my mind very often about safety, so I overlook it. I take it for granted. Here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pose this question to a community that I run of solo cleaners, most of which are female, and I'm going to get some great answers, and I'll let you know. So Cheyenne, this is the answer to your question, and I believe this podcast can help a lot of solo cleaning owners as they work through this very difficult question. And this is also a great podcast for you husbands to listen to if your wife is about to go start a solo cleaning business and you know she will be in other people's homes and you're concerned about single guys being there or other husbands And it's wise that you do. In fact, this is really sad, but when I had first heard the question from Cheyenne, I had the imagery of a movie that I watched in the late 90s with my wife, Teresa. Now, we weren't married at the time. The movie was called Patch Adams, and it's a wonderful redemption story. Patch being a guy that comes into medical school late. And along the way, he's got such a big heart and he's so fun and the patients love him and he faces all kinds of adversity. He does eventually get his MD, becomes a practicing physician, but something terrible happens in the middle of the movie. And I still see this image. It's a horrible image. I had to go back on YouTube and watch it. Patch develops a really strong friendship with Corinne and then they turn into kind of an item. They weren't really sure if they were dating or not. But they were really close, and I'm sure Patch and Crin wanted to get closer. And during the process of serving their community, they go and they build, along with the whole team of other residents and other docs, they're building this clinic to help people in the community. And many people are coming in and getting free service. And one guy named Larry comes in. He didn't seem very threatening. He was definitely off, a little bit odd, clearly has some kind of a mental disorder or he's mentally ill in some way, but he wasn't threatening. He wasn't dangerous. And a phone call to Corinne after the work hours is it's from Larry. And Larry says, Hey, Corinne, I have a problem. I don't have the exact, you know, script of the movie here, but essentially Larry said, Hey, Corinne, could you please come over? We're having a problem. And Corinne says, sure, I'll come over. 
And so she goes over to Larry's house by herself. It's at night. She walks in the front door and the scene shows her coming in, smile on her face. She's like, hi, Larry. And then you see her face as she sees his. And her face goes from smile to, oh, no. And the scene changes where it just kind of pauses on her face and it shifts over to Patch going in to get the news that his girlfriend Corinne was murdered by Larry in the house and then he turned the gun on himself. That scene is horrifying and I couldn't ever imagine my own wife going into a house. So when she was starting a cleaning business before I took it over, it was definitely a concern. So I can promise you husbands have these concerns. I'm sure you as a solo cleaning female have these concerns is the potential there for the patch adams outcome i mean let's not let's hope not right but the truth is we don't know we are we are in difficult times right now people are stressed out things are not well in a lot of families people are on edge so you can't put anything past anyone is it wise to be on one side of the spectrum where you're completely pessimistic and everyone's dangerous No, I don't believe you're going to get clients that way. But also, the other side of the spectrum is also not wise. So incredibly trusting of people and their hearts, just like Corinne, that you put yourself into a situation which could have been avoided. What could Corinne have done differently in that movie? Well, she could have gone over with a friend. She could have had a meeting in public instead of at his house. Because he is mentally ill and there was that possibility. She just didn't think of it because he seemed harmless. What else could she have done? You could think of five, ten other things, I'm sure, now that you hear me speaking. But what I want to transition to now is getting some real life, real stories and real solutions to how people that are solo cleaning today for many years are handling this question of what can I do, Ken? to have basic safety as a solo cleaner. So I'm going to now reference a few of my friends in my solo cleaning community. Here we go. Let's do the first one from my friend Beth Lane. Here's some tips from Beth. I always try to vet them online through Google, the socials, etc. On the walkthrough, I only agree to the job if my gut... And women, trust your gut, especially. You have an amazing sixth sense. I only agree to the job if my gut tells me it's okay. And if not, I need no logical reason to say no. It's okay to say no, people. My instincts are enough. My instincts are enough. This is huge. Also, I don't service homes of single men. This is Beth speaking now. Nothing against single guys. It's just not my personal comfort zone as an unmarried woman. So what Beth does is she made the decision not to bring on clients that are single men. That's her prerogative and she is allowed to do that. So that's definitely one way to handle this. But the whole instinct, sixth sense, gut, this is huge. And how is she getting this instinct? She's seeing these people, these potential clients in person. It's not just one phone call or one Facebook message. She's searching their Google profile. She's researching them. She's going on their social media. She's learning about these people. She is vetting them. Brilliant, Beth. And I'm glad that this is working so well for you. How about my friend Heather Albrecht? Here's what she says. I keep a Google calendar and my clients 
addresses are all in it. I share my Google Calendar with my husband. He always knows where I am. If my clients leave, I lock the doors behind them. Super smart. I keep my phone on me too. I try to be aware of my surroundings at all times. And if I go to meet a new client for the first time, I make sure to have my pepper spray. She keeps her keys on her. And she also says this, I make sure my husband knows where I am, even for new client meetings. So her and her husband are on the same page. He knows what house she's at. And on Google Calendar, I do the same thing with my wife. She knows where I'm at. There's the address, the phone number. My wife can get a hold of me or the client, and she could tell where I'm at based on what Google tells her. So that's awesome. Plus, you can even get apps that track your GPS so your husband or a close friend or someone that's sort of your safety accountability partner can keep track of where you are. And if you work for a large company and you're doing or utilizing solo teams, your operations manager like Cheyenne could keep track GPS-wise of where you are and have you checked on or have you call in maybe mid-cleaning of a house. How's it going? Is there anything unusual? These are all really great tips. So thank you, Heather and Beth, for the first two. Chelsea Donaldson, I love this. Look the person up on Google and Facebook. I always feel better if we have mutual Facebook friends. Once, a bachelor client had a news story done about him rescuing a dog that was hit by a car. Generally, single male clients are the ones I'm most nervous about. But that news story made me feel much better. So there we go. She looked him up on Google and that story made her feel better and more trust. Two years later, she says, I still clean for him bi-weekly. Great guy. She goes on to say, carry pepper spray the first time and always let them lead when showing the home. Example, don't let them walk behind me. That's a great idea. She does a walkthrough before each cleaning, and this is to see which areas need most attention, obviously, and getting the details for the estimate and the pricing, but also to make sure nothing is out of the ordinary or potentially dangerous. Lock the door when I'm alone in the house. My husband always knows where I am, and this one's really good. Chelsea goes out of her way to say hello to any of the neighbors or delivery service people that she may see before going into the house. It just adds extra people that know who she is and where she's at. And I'm going to add something here to Chelsea's comments. If you have mutual friends on Facebook with this potential new client like Chelsea did with this single bachelor, here's what I recommend. Check with your mutual friends. Send them a message. Call them. See if they have any feedback on this potential client. Sure, there might be a story of a rescued dog, or you may see some great posts, but remember, Facebook isn't always truthful about people. If there are mutual friends, definitely give them a call and say, hey, uh, John Jones is a mutual friend of ours, and he's considering hiring me as a cleaning service. Can you tell me about John? You know, is he a close friend of yours? Is he tr someone trustworthy? Look, this is something very wise to do, and I'm going to dig into this more in, in a minute. Thank you, Chelsea. How about Leitra Grayer? Leitra says this, I bring pepper spray and share my location with someone at all times. Again, it's the concept of a safety accountability partner, whether it's your husband, wife, if you're a solo cleaning guy like me, or just a good friend or a parent, a sibling. Get one. It's a great idea. 
Leecher goes on to say, sometimes I may call someone to let them know I made it to the location in front of the customer and I let the person know that I'll call them when I leave. This is really interesting. So she's purposely calling in front of the customer. That way the customer, if they had any goofball ideas, they now know that someone knows that Litra is there and it puts them on notice. That is brilliant. And going back to the idea of the safety accountability person, they need to know the addresses of where you're going to be and when. That way you can call them, they can call you, and they can connect with you or vice versa as you enter and or leave a house. Is it extra steps? Yeah. But how important is safety to you? You can totally make this an easy and a peaceful experience if you just take some extra precautions. This last comment is from Carol Lang. Now she's been solo cleaning for 23 years and here's what she says. And some of you may really relate to this one. Essentially this, always make sure you know the address. This one's been a popular answer. Keep your phone on and keep it charged. That's important. This next comment takes the pepper spray to the next, next level. Consider obtaining your conceal and carry permit for a handgun. That's a big one. If you have a gun, if you're packing some heat, I could see how that can make you feel very safe for sure. Because if a situation arises, like with Corinne in the Patch Adams movie, if she had a gun on her, she had a chance. That is definitely something to consider depending on your views of guns. I'll leave that there. And then Carol goes on to say, my husband always knows where and when I'm supposed to be. She locks all the doors when she's in the home. And a final tip from Carol, which is huge. I've never thought of this one. She says this, never be alone when they have workers in the home. So we've talked about the trust and the instincts of the homeowner themselves. And that may extend to the kids. Like what if the homeowner has a 21-year-old son living in the basement and that 21-year-old son is there alone? That may be uncomfortable. That may be something you talk about the customer with. You say, well, I will clean, but not with your son home alone. That's okay. They will respect your desire to be safe. And this goes both directions too. I am a solo cleaning guy. And my clients may not feel comfortable if they have a 13, 14, 15-year-old daughter that might be home from school early and I'm cleaning. That's something I'm very weary of. And I make sure to stay away from the bedroom of any girls in the house. Unless that bedroom has been emptied and the girl is in a different part of the house, then I'll go clean the room with permission. But I will not go in the room at the same time. And that is Optics on one part, but I also want to make sure that I show I'm trustworthy so that safety that you want as a solo cleaner, make sure you're also serving and showing them safety toward their family as well. But what about what Carol brought up here about contractors? As much as we're trying to figure out how safe the homeowners and their kids might be, what about if they have a contractor come in, maybe a plumber, electrician, someone else is in the house. Well, now you have a whole nother game. You don't know anything about that person. So in Carol's case, she will not be alone if there is another contractor working in the house at the same time. Okay, honesty for a sec, I have never cared about that. I have cleaned with moving companies coming in. I've cleaned with handyman and electricians working. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I'm a guy cleaning. Maybe I'm being naive 
but it hasn't been a concern for me. But I can see this being a huge, huge tip for you. Carol, thank you for sharing that one. I really like the points that you brought up. These are all such amazing tips. I really want you to pay attention, look at the show notes here, gain some insight, and I'll also throw in right now my thoughts on the matter. And going back to my conversation with Cheyenne, here's what I told Cheyenne. Now, remember that she works as an operations manager for a large clean company. I told her this. I said, Cheyenne, when you're hiring somebody and you're going through that process, are you hiring the first person that applies? Of course not, Ken. And then I said this, why do so many cleaning companies allow themselves to be hired by the first prospect that wants them. And she had to really think about that. And she said, wow, that's a great point. We go through so many levels, so many meetings. Matter of fact, if you've ever read Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey, he recommends something like 13 separate meetings or points of contact with a potential new employee, including meetings with their spouse, assessing their personality traits, assessing their ability to handle money, assessing their trustworthiness, their accountability, their integrity. He puts them through the ringer, but he goes through all of this because at the end, he's got like the lowest employee turnover in the business and he's got the most desirable place to work, I believe, in his entire area. So that is a really great method. Does it take more time to find the right employee? Yes, but in the long run, it's worth it. I suggest as my tip for keeping your solos safe, implement the same strategy in your bringing new clients on process. And I know this is going to rub some people in the industry a little bit wrong because in this fast-paced, high-tech, automate-everything world, People, companies, they want a button clicked and a new client onboarded all in one shot. Guess what? We added 10 new clients this week. That is awesome. But did you onboard those clients? How do you know that they are great clients in so many different ways? How did you vet those clients like Beth Lane recommended? You didn't. You took them on because a button and you wanted to get clients fast. So my question is, Are you willing to go backwards a little bit, invest the time to go to the person's house, to research the client on social media, to find mutual connections that you trust and do a phone call and see if they're a good potential client, to look up news stories? Are you willing to take the time to do the phone call first, the estimate second, And to possibly, if you're running a large company and you're doing solo teams, to go after you've vetted the customer to bring the individual solo cleaner that will be doing the work at that house to the home to meet this customer. What if you don't get an instinct about that customer, but you bring the solo cleaner that's going to be going there and they get a weird feeling? Trust that feeling and don't take on that client. Will you lose money? Yes but you will gain so much more. Basic safety for solos is about having a long-term safe business where you can protect yourself and build a company that will endure. And you'll never have to face the worry and the day-to-day stress 
of what could happen if I go there. So take some of these lessons from some of these wonderful solo cleaners and implement them into your business model. They will take some time, especially if you're vetting customers like Beth or myself. They take time, but it might be the best time you've ever invested in your business. Thank you, Cheyenne, for asking me the question. And I encourage you all, take this episode very seriously. Implement basic safety strategies for your solo business, or if you're running solo teams in a larger company, for your solos that trust you to give them a safe place to work. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.